This episode is recorded in loving memory of Michael Mick Moore. Thank you to Mick's wife, Tracy, and the Moore family for their help in putting together this tribute. Welcome to Eye of the Storm. Join us as we delve into Melbourne Storm's 25-year history, reliving the highs and lows, celebrating the victories and achievements of one of Australia's most revered clubs. From humble beginnings to the club we know and love today, Melbourne Storm's story is one worth telling. Sit back, relax, and get ready to be taken on a journey through the eye of the storm. We take a look at the legacy of Michael Moore, Melbourne Storm's inaugural football manager. This is Heart and Soul. It takes many people to build a football club, but some can have more of an impact than others over the journey. When it comes to Melbourne Storm, when you talk about culture, family and respect during the club's formative years, there is one name that comes up regularly. Michael Moore, or Mick as his mates called him. How did a knockabout Queenslander find his way to Melbourne? Mick's wife Tracy explains. He originally applied for the job as strength and conditioning coach down there. And um, so we sort of got an interview, so we were pretty excited about that. He went down, he met with uh, Chris Anderson and Chris Johns, um, and he came back and he said, yeah, it went really well and it sounds really exciting. And then I remember on the Friday he got the news that he didn't get the job. You know, sometimes when you miss out on something, you sort of realise how much you really wanted it because we were thinking, oh, that'd be nice to go down there, but then we were both just, you know, really disappointed. And then on the Monday he got the call where they offered him they thought he would be better in the role as a football manager. So it was great. Was everyone was sort of really excited. And, um, yeah, so that sort of started a, a fairly significant journey in our lives. Harry was four. Meg was two. I was pregnant with Georgie. It was exciting. It, um, it was daunting at times, but it was not. It was a really good move, yeah. For John Rebo, he knew getting in good people was key to starting a strong culture in Melbourne. Mick probably uh, is a good example of getting good people in your organisation. Mick originally wanted to be a trainer, a head trainer, and he was very good in that area. And uh, as a, we need the football manager, uh, Chris Johns came to me because he had a great relationship with me. And uh, all, all, all the indicators were there that we've got to find something for this guy. So then even, I think in the end, that uh, Chris Anderson had a, an input into that too and said, well, why don't we bring him in as a football manager because I need good people. We just need good people around us. And he brought something to us which is uh, we didn't realise how good it was going to be. While it wasn't the original strength and conditioning post Mick had envisaged, he put his heart and soul into his new football manager role, which had a list of responsibilities that could only be described as diverse. Yeah, like it was everything. And I, I think everyone in their roles at that time, you know, it was just ever-changing what they were doing. You know, it was, it was such a, you know, a 
an opportunity that most people hadn't done anything like that to start up a footy club and that was probably the thing Mike was most excited about you know, you know he said yeah when might you ever get a chance to be involved in the start of a, of a club and uh yeah, he he did everything, like working out training facilities, and um, at that stage the squad was being, you know, pulled together, um, just uniforms and camps, and yeah, meeting with um, sponsors and all that sort of thing, setting up training gear and things like that. But then probably his biggest job, and the one I think he would have said was his most important, was getting the new players and settling them and like he made I don't know how many trips to the airport every day he was going out to pick up someone and bring him back. It is those airport pickups that many of the Melbourne old boys remember vividly. Marcus By remembers Mick's jovial nature like it was yesterday with his earliest storm memory coming upon landing at Tullamarine Airport. He picked John Wilshire and myself, um, him and uh, Mick and uh, his young son uh, Harry. I remember them, I think Harry was probably maybe two or three. And um, we came out of um, the Hotel Murray and he was standing there with our names on. And he started joking straight away. And um, I sort of, he said, where, you know, where are you from? I said, you know, I'll call well, where I'm from. And John Wilshire called, you know, told him. And he made us feel welcome from, from the beginning that he met us. He shook our hands and he told us, you're gonna enjoy Melbourne. And we all are not from here. We're all from, I'm from Brisbane and I'm with the Broncos, doing some stuff with the Broncos and uh, Rips and uh, John, she wants me here. I'm an ex-policeman. He basically, before we arrive um, at our place um, at Bendigo Street, I sort of knew who he was and his wife and, 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 the, and, and the three kids from them. And young Harry, Harry was there and, you know, we were mucking around with him on the car on the way home and, Mikko played, and I know his wife, his wife now, and 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 the kids, and they play a massive, uh, massive part in my life to be able to make me settle and feel comfortable in Melbourne, just like back in back in the village, and I feel more comfortable going to his office every afternoon to find out more things about what am I gonna do and the programs in place for us, and um, he helped me basically the whole of '98. Matt Geyer's airport pickup experience with Mick ended up being a slightly different one. I had to be picked up from the airport and Mick Moore was meant to pick me up and he, he didn't. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't funny at the time, but, you know, knowing Mick, it is funny now. And he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. And then he met, I met him at the casino. That's where I was staying for the first couple of days. And he waddles on in like casual as and he's like, hey, mate, sorry. He was like, no worries, mate. I'm pretty, you know, relaxed about that stuff anyway, but... Um, so it wasn't like, oh yeah, we, you know, we really want you here, yeah, this is a new home. It was like, and I didn't feel that way either, um, until long. And, um, it, it, you know, you get, it's like any footy club, you get to know the boys. To wear a nickel. Yeah, Mick was one of those guys that, um, you know, as our, as our footy manager and organising stuff, he's, you know, he was an integral part of the Melbourne Storm culture. Um, when you talk about the Mickmore Trophy, you know, every time it's played uh, against the Auckland side, and it's something special uh, for this club, and it means a lot to us. You know, Vic was a character. Uh, you know, he was a mate. He was a friend. Um, always had a laugh. Always had a smile. And uh, you know, just you know, he'd pick you up. He's just one of those blokes that was always happy around the boys. A father figure to many, 
For Robbie Kearns, the role Mick Moore played during that stage of the club's existence cannot be forgotten. In rugby league, it's you know we have all different walks of life playing our game. Um, so, yeah, different people from different parts of the world and parts of Australia to come together and uh, be so successful like that is obviously, you know, a lot of people played a part in it, but no more than Mick Moore. He was um, an absolute superstar. When you talk about great blokes, he was the world champion great bloke. You know, he was funny when he had to be funny. He was serious when he had to be serious. Uh, as a, as a dotting young father, um, he, you know, he's a guy I really looked up to. Um, he was a few years older than me, not by many, um, and he was already a father and he's everything I wanted to be I want you know I love I love my mates I love my family and uh, that's some guy a guy I really looked up to in, in those areas but a wonderful guy and um, he'd done amazing things not only for the players but also for the families the wives uh, those that had kids um, Tawera and, and Lazo were the only ones that had kids at the time I think I was the first one to produce a child uh, in 1998 with young Bob it was funny when I read that question. You know, he was 32 and he was a father figure. But, you know, there were a lot of younger, much younger people than us and people without families. And um, I just think probably for a number of reasons, because he was so approachable you know, on on anything. And there were lots, you know, often, you know, when you move somewhere new, it's something really small that's causing grief or, or you need help with. Um, so I think that was a really big thing. And, yeah, Mike is a real family man. We both come from really strong families. And um, so right from the start, you know, the kids, I think they thought they played for Melbourne Storm. They were just in there um, and very much. So the players all saw Mike with the kids and, you know, they'd be giving them out Gatorade or pretending to train with them or, yeah. So I think they got to see Mike as a family man as well as, you know, a football manager. And I think that 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 just comes because you know that was it was everyone was in everyone was a part of the storm. Yeah, as I said, there were a lot of younger players, and and you know, while we were there, people were starting to get married and have babies, and we were just that little bit further ahead. So um, yeah, but I, th- I think the big thing is one that he valued family so much, and that was fairly obvious, and that he was just a really easy bloke to talk to. Like it wasn't like, well, he's the football manager; we really can't approach him. He was such a people person and a lot of people to be able to settle and do what they do and that, you know, relied on someone that could help them do that, like that could facilitate that. Moving to Melbourne and moving to Storm was a way of life for the Moore family who instantly became ingrained in the Storm family. Weekends at Harvey Norman were evident of that. That was pretty big. We, I remember we spent a Saturday... With the kids, Harvey Norman, buying all the furniture, all the cutlery, linen, everything to set up two units for the young fella. So it was very broad, his job. Um, and probably in those early days where you know, everyone was hands-on for everybody to get in there and, and get involved. Um, yeah, and, and with that, with wasn't just players coming down. You know, a lot of them had partners. Some of them had young families. So you know, that was a really big thing of making them feel welcome and you know there were young girls you know finding work and um finding places for their kids to go um even though there weren't too many kids at the start but uh, yes that was very broad but I think that's what he would have seen as his probably biggest role was just that settling people into the club and not just the players their families 
Robbie Ross. He was the guy that, he was the go-to um, person for players, you know what I mean? He was the guy that, um, like we said, we've all come from out of town. We're all feeling a little bit kind of, you know, bewildered and a bit out of, out of sorts. And if you're looking for someone just to speak to or you're looking for something, he was pretty much, he, he did lots of roles. He was kind of like a counsellor in some ways. He was a relocator in other ways, you know what I mean? But, he, but the more importantly for Mick, he was just a, he was a good mate to everyone. A very, very good mate. He's just a solid human being. Um, you look at, you look at, uh, look at Tracy and the kids, you know what I mean? Good parents breed good kids and they're cracking kids. But yeah, was, the tragedy is he died at 35. Moore's sudden death was devastating to the tight-knit Storm outfit. With the Storm players' jerseys carrying embroidery during the 2000 season, recognising the late football manager. Yeah, you know, sadly with his passing, but the, the, the short time he was here and what he brought to the table was fantastic. He was a, he, he, he was a good friend, if you, if, you, if you were to say, what's his club stand for? You'd probably say Mick Moore. He, his effort and dedication and the way he represented his family and the kids in that, just... Uh, a really special human being and uh, well, thankfully I had some time to spend with him which I'll always cherish. Mick was the heart and soul of the club motives. He was uh, urged me here to talk about him. Uh, he was a special bloke. Uh, he was, uh, as I say, the heart and soul of the team. He, he, um, he looked after the players like they were, like they were princes. He, um, he set the standard for all, all the families being happy him and, him, and, him and his wife were fantastic that way and just a good bloke. They just had great morals, um, loved the beer, but you know, never go over top with the beer, but um, looked after the young blokes. Uh, yeah, you build clubs around people like him. Yeah, he was just a wonderful human being and uh, obviously it's a tragedy what happened, but he'll be forever remembered here at the Melbourne Storm. Despite having never met Mick, Cooper Cronk is one of a long line of people who have come through the club to see Mick's legacy continue to live throughout the modern era. He was basically part of you know the setup of the Melbourne Storm. You put him in the same breath as Chris Johnson, John Rebo, and Chris Anderson. Um, he was a huge part of the Melbourne Storm in the beginning. Uh, I never met Michael, but I can call them all family friends because. Um, my time here, um, understanding what Michael did for the club, meeting the family on a number of occasions, um, that's what that older generation did. They make sure that the, the memory lives on and is passed down. Now, now the guys that come through and play for the Melbourne Storm now, they've obviously never met him, but they understand what he did, the contribution he provided the club in those early days. And I dare say they'll meet the more family at some stage too. So that legacy piece will be forever in um, ingrained in the club, it's because of the person that Michael was, what he did for the club, and that will never be forgotten. As a mum of Harry, Meg and Georgia, to see them from little kids, you know, just being part of the club, but yeah, um, and, and being aware of what was, you know, how their dad was on it, it's huge. And now you watch them, you know, watch them as teenagers, and now as young adults, it's just, they, I mean, it just sort of reflects how. Storm's just been such a big part of our family, 
now it was right at the start, but even since my passing, I think they've sort of played a really significant role and they have played such a part in their role in how they've respected Mike, but also how they've, you know, they, you know, it's a long time since we've lived down there and that, but, you know, still feel very much part of the family and, like, even when Georgie was little and we lived in that, if people asked her where she lived, she said, would say she lived in Melbourne Storm. She thought that was her home. Georgia Moore recalls a similar story at the 2014 Player of the Year Awards. Um, thank you all so much for having me here tonight. It's such an honour to be here tonight and so lovely to be back in Melbourne. We have this home video from when we were living down here and mum asked me my name and where I live. I go on to say Georgia Moore and I live at the Melbourne Storm. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's just great how, how they have honoured Mike and kept us in the fold. And, you know, there's most people at the club now, you know, never met Mike, but, you know, they will always come and talk to you about him or really appreciate being able to play for the trophy or the award. Um, so, and I, I think, yeah, that's that, that's a huge thing that that story, you know, has continued. Next time on Eye of the Storm. Then I thought, God, they've got a big task ahead of them. He said, look, if you ever get an opportunity to start up a football team, I'd love to be involved. And he said, listen, we're keen to um, see if you'd like to come down to Melbourne. Uh, we'd love for you to fly down and have a look and have a chat to us about it. There was lots of lots of reasons why you would buy into it. Two years turned into three years, turned into four, and uh, 25 years, I'm still here in Melbourne. 